Hey, good morning, and a happy Tuesday. Oh, it's chilly outside. Good morning, it's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese, and uh, thank you for spending time with us today on your, maybe your commute in, or special shout out to those you've been working all night long, headed home already. Wow, you are a special breed in and of yourself. So, uh, yesterday, and we've been waiting for this, uh, there'd been this date on the calendar. Yesterday was the day that a judge was going to rule uh, on some of the legal parts of the entire Chicago, city of Chicago vaccine mandate. And I, did the judge yesterday hit upon a compromise or is this just a flat out win for the Fraternal Order of Police and the police union? No, I wouldn't call it that. They might call it that, of course. It's more of a pushing back the argument, right? Pushing if they. The judge pushed back the deadline, the December 31st deadline, saying that the city has to negotiate with the union. So what the uh, ruling means is the city can continue putting officers on no pay status because they're disobeying the October 15th deadline. The direct of, order. Of, yeah, putting in their status. Um, but in the meantime, they have to um, negotiate with the union because um, the judge said... You know, the way the city looked at the arbitration, so-called arbitration wasn't working. And this is what, you know, this has been the, at least the argument or, or part of the argument. And, and I would argue it was maybe a bit of a evolving argument on the part of the FOP when they finally stuck on something that may be more of a winner, which was, well, we've argued all along that this is just about negotiating and that the cities negotiated with other groups, but they wouldn't negotiate with us. And we weren't going to agree to this without some sort of a back and forth. And maybe it's all the bad, bad blood, you know, between uh, the, the two of them gets in the way of that. Um, yeah, but the union did want a suspension of that um, entire date. Yeah, yeah, which they didn't get. They did not get that. Nope. But so so here's how it works. If you are a police officer in the city of Chicago. You have to choose to get sent home with no pay. And and how you do that is you just won't tell the city whether or not you're vaccinated. You can remain employed if you're unvaccinated. That that's you you don't have to be vaccinated. You can remain uh, uh employed. There are testing procedures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the deadline was end of this year, December thirty first, that you could only be on that temporary testing status or whatnot until December 31st, at what point you would have been terminated, not not just kept home. That's uh, John Cantanzara, uh, again, continuing to threaten, I guess, that uh, police will leave en masse as opposed to uh, comply with this. But at least now, and and the judges said, there has to be some negotiation back and forth. Now, the negotiation is not going to be you can't get vaccinated. Like, I don't see that as being one of yeah, the The city's points. not going to back down. Obviously, it's it's a city mandate, right? It's right. All, all these workers. other departments have done it, and I, they're like at more than 90% compliance. They're not going to just allow the police not to do it. If they see city employees have to do it, they have to do it. Well, I don't think you... you I don't know if you can. If you do, you've, you've set a precedent then that allows for a loophole for everyone else. Well, you know, but they, the FOP is arguing it's you can. They can because it's a union issue. We we shall see. And again, this uh, uh, debate, if you will, will continue this uh, at least negotiation. It's interesting you say that because, you know, we had um, 
Ray Lopez in studio two weeks ago. Time flies. I have difficulty. Yeah. Week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Alderman Lopez was in here, and this was the point he was making. You know, his argument was it shouldn't have gotten to the point of this level of animosity, the threats back and forth, the firings, the sending homes, whatever it might be, and that this should have been negotiated all along, that there was a, a an acceptance of a collective bargaining agreement, and that if you're going to change the terms of it, that you had to negotiate in some way, shape, or form. I don't know that I've ever used Canton Zara and, you know, um, fair negotiations and no histronics and no, you know, in a sentence. I mean, it just doesn't happen. It's but not, this isn't the first issue, but you're right. I mean, they should have obviously planned a little bit better, a little bit earlier. Yeah, but they can both claim, and especially the city, it's a pandemic. Yeah. These but are so is this a compromise? I mean, this, this, so is this, this the, judge? Actually, the union's describing it as a small victory. Small so, victory. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's a compromise. I think the city's going to get its way eventually. eventually. It's just, like I said, it's kicking the can down the road like we do on so many issues. Yeah, well, you know, we talk about violence in the city. We talk about some of the statistics, which are um, heartbreaking on a variety of levels. We talk about the records that we're hitting. Um, and then you you tie into it this, not just the, the specific argument, because, okay, there, there's one thing. Whether or not you can force the police officers to reveal their vaccine status, and then by December 31st, whether or not you can force them to be vaccinated. Okay, that's one thing. This is about a bigger issue, and it's a bigger issue that police officers, the police union, law enforcement, and the city of Chicago, specifically the mayor, you know, and 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 some other officials, um, butt heads at everything. Uh, you know, one says up, the other says down, and then they start issuing press releases back and forth against each each other, and that can't be good when we're dealing with the kind of crime issues that we're dealing in the city of chicago well, it's always it it's always it. been contentious contentious right but it seems more so again you could argue it's the times we live in the past two years have been like no other but yes i think the mayor lightfoot has a reputation for standing her ground right not maybe understanding not having been in politics you know it all goes back to that that's why she was elected people were wanting a breath of fresh air they wanted someone who wasn't politically connected but what happened she doesn't really play the game understand. very well yeah and not that and that was the whole point they don't want her to play it, and that's fine but you mu- you have you can't to have, have it both ways you have to have some <laughs> no you can i mean i get why people you know people don't want that anymore but you have to have some finesse right doesn't mean you have to bargain and play the game and because no one wants that anymore that's done but you you do have to negotiate you have to understand how things work and pick your battles this is playing out uh, around the country new york city is feeling the brunt of this as well specifically there they have a problem with the firefighters where roughly 2300 firefighters called out sick yesterday they said on a normal day maybe you have 800 uh employees total so there's something going on it has to do with the vaccine mandates and you're we've heard in los angeles uh uh, that there is strife between city workers law enforcement fire and the city and and so this is what happened here yesterday i think you a lot of other cities are also looking at saying what is the precedent that's going to be set and I mean, twenty three hundred firefighters is a lot, but 
on a normal day a thousand. But see, and this to me is the is going to be what this rests on. It's a lot of firefighters, but they were it, it. It didn't, according to them, put the city in danger. And so, are they going to really push this on based on that percent? Of the department, you, you that, say that it doesn't put Chicago. The, you say it's, it doesn't put the city in danger, and and the city of Chicago says the same thing about the cops that are being sent home. But it has to have some effect. I mean, it it can't be a complete net zero when we know we're already short staffed in many places. Um, the loss of 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 one officer or two officers and and individual precincts, and all of a sudden you start having to make decisions. I'm assuming, by the way, this is how policing works. Don't quote me on it. That uh, you know, the the officers who are assigning people to jobs, assigning people to patrols, assigning uh, uh, different officers to do different tasks, eventually run out of officers. They, 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 there's discretion at some point. They're saying, "Well, this is the most we can do today." Again. They better be preparing now. Yeah. You, I'm going to well, assume how do they the prepare? Well, I mean, you know, you have cops who aren't on the street, who then they put back on the street. You maybe have sergeants, lieutenants, whatever, who don't normally. What were those people doing before? Uh, sitting behind a desk. <laughs> I don't know. But well, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not assuming they were sitting behind the desk doing nothing. I'm assuming there was something they were doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But that's not going to get done now. They stretch thin like everything else, I yeah. guess. They've got, Maybe uh, they'll just put the sign up like everyone else does. Be kind. We're a short staff. <laughs> I, I think staff. they have bigger issues here in New York because in Staten Island, in that borough there, the garbage workers called in sick. That's right. Yeah, I that's saw that. A big deal. Heaps of trash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got my attention. Yeah. yeah. When the bags start piling yep. up, uh, people are like, listen, I don't need a cop every day. All right. But I need I my need garbage. A garbage man right. a couple times a week. And they all right? put their garbage on the street, right? Well, they, they don't have alleys. Yeah, they don't have alleys. No, that's just foreign to me. It's yeah. a weird. Yeah. And they were starting to get some what looks like modern art in front of individual houses over there, to say the least. <laughs> um, so we'll keep an eye on this. And again, the, the judge uh, ruling, uh, a temporary ruling, I guess you could say. I understand why the FOP would see this as a, a small victory, but uh, we will find out as the negotiations roll on and how will that affect public safety here in Chicago. Hey, good morning. A happy Tuesday to you. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. Do you have a bucket list item? Is there one of those things like you've always wanted to do? 312-591-8900. I have a few things on there. I've checked a bunch of things off. I'm huh. one of the, I'm like, nah, I'm going to do it. I have yet, though, to run with the bulls in Spain. I want to do it. You know, Why? you have to run fast. You don't have to run fast for long, though. And I learned this. You only have to run slightly faster than one other guy. Uh, you know, if you think of it that way, it's like when you ever heard that before, how fast you have to run to get away from a bear slightly faster than the other guy. Yeah. That's it. It's all you got to do. You got to beat one guy down the thing. So I learned a lot about I've studied this. You guys think I'm kidding. There's, there's a guy that will train you to run with the bulls right here. They do tours and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Train you. Train you. And they actually have a mock, um, a mock part of the street in Pamplona so that you, you understand the route. So did you know this? You do not run the entire course. Nobody does. You run in and out. You run a section mm -hmm. because nobody can run that long, <laughs> that far with bulls chasing them, apparently. Uh, there are 
So you pick a section, and certain sections are more dangerous than others. So maybe on my first time, I'll do the little, yeah. slightly less dangerous section. You know, the most dangerous is like right the at the bunny hill at the. Uh, very sun. good, yeah. thank you. Don't start with double black diamonds. No, don't. don't start with that. Where, where, if you've ever watched the running of the bulls, the the bulls are heading into the uh, the arena. You know, it's part of a like bullfighting season, and so where the street narrows and goes into the gate into the arena, yeah, that's the part. That's where people get shish kebobbed. Uh, that's a uh, thing. We we had this, and I'm going to say right now, it happens. 55 year old man was gored in the leg and died during the running of the Bulls Festival. Uh, apparently, it uh, cut an artery in his leg. I'm surprised mm. more people don't get trampled. Do they gore? By the Bulls or yeah, by, by the Bulls? So, this is, I've, okay. I am not nearly as well-versed in livestock as I wish I would be. But the bulls, they kind of know where they're stepping also. They they, they, they won't purposely step on you, for lack of better terms. They'll just gore you, though. Oh, they do want to gore step you. on you, but I will They gore do you want to stick their, sharp, their little horn. Very yeah. pointy, might you point out. Um, so yeah, this, is, this is something that I have to figure out. But I just love the idea that there's a guy. There's always a guy who will train you. To run with the bulls. He says he's never lost a student. Wow. Now, I don't know if that's true, but it's a hell of a selling point. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you can go to like Pompolona, Spain, and you can do this and, and you wear the little sash oh, and you all. have you to, to do the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I think besides being a fast runner, you have to be nimble, right? You have to be able to move out of the way. Like Jack, in, for example. Right. He was quick, too. I've heard rumors. <laughs> yeah. But again, there, how silly as it sounds, there's a strategy. There is a strategy to how you run with the bulls. I'm jealous of you, Cheese, because you got to jump out of an airplane. I still have, I, that's on the list. I got to go do that. I know. I, you, I never jumped out of the plane. I want to. I'll jump out of a plane today. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's not a matter of not wanting to. It's a matter of just getting around it. And I got to do it with the uh, Army Golden Knights. That's way cool. Right onto the Air and Water Show, right on the North Avenue Beach. You have a bucket list item, Judy? Yeah, nothing like that because I'm limited to heights, so no. Uh, But my bucket list isn't really about doing dangerous things like I believe yours is, right? It's more, um, you know, I want to spend a month in Europe. I want to go to Alaska. I want to, yeah, I've got a list. Sure. I want to stay in a haunted house. But not dangerous things. Right. Well, the haunted house might be the most dangerous. I say I want to stay in a haunted house, but. Sounds good on paper. Exactly. If I get scared, I'm out of there. <laughs> you're yeah, you're sleeping in the car. Screaming uh, yeah, I'm not, the room, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. Right. Yeah, I I uh, uh, I've seen a lot of these these different things, and again, you can you can think of the the variety of of things. I mean, people that climb Everest, climbing Mount Everest used to be a really big deal, and it was a small number of people. Nowadays, I've actually met. Is that a family vacation now? What? I've met two people that have climbed Everest. I've met them, and I was like. Okay, why do I only think there's like a hundred people that have climbed Everest? Like, a, there's tens of thousands. Oh, and I, wow. I say that just a family thing, but it's a big thing now. It's like a touristy Hiking thing and climbing, and yeah, people. I, mean, I have a friend who went to like every national park this year. Ooh, yeah, that was now, cool. that's a cool bucket it list cool. item, right? A lot of them after a while started to look the same, but Ouch. yeah, trees, rocks, rocks, canyons. Um, you look down. Big hole in the ground, yeah, Grand yeah, Canyon, yeah. whatever. Right, <laughs> I know. I've seen it. Been there, done that, right? Now, I think that my next one on my list that I'm going to have to do next year is I've always wanted to do like a houseboat down the Mississippi. 
Oh, yeah. Like okay. Huckfin, right? That's cool, that's yeah. Cool. Doesn't that? Can can I do one well, that's slightly else? more updated than Huck Finn's? Can I? <laughs> well, no, no, can no, no, I get no, like running I water in mine? I want luxury. I want luxury, and I want someone to drive that boat. Okay, I'm fair not enough. doing it. Yeah. No, no, no. We're I didn't want to go down on a raft. And I mean, no, uh, no, no, know, no, no, like, no, no. It's a houseboat. This is with girls. Well, it's, Bruce has his captain's license. I do have a captain's oh, license. Oh my goodness! I just feel like stopping along the Mississippi at all these little dive bars, and oh my gosh, it's so appealing to me. And these supper clubs. Oh. I just feel like people are going to wave to me like Nick on the shore. Hey, uh-huh. come on over. You think have that's a, how that works? Have a smoke and a whiskey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's just people sitting along. Listen, if there are people the sitting along the Mississippi with a banjo yeah, uh, uh, waving you over to the shore, <laughs> I, I'm just going to give you a bit of a safety tip. Don't go. I'm pretty lady. Don't come go. On oh, my over. gosh. That that's is, my whole point. That is not what you want to do. That ends in tears. Yeah. Okay? That is absolutely the wrong direction that you want to Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, why don't you bring a little boat over here? You got a pretty little mouth. Oh my goodness. All right, now you made it See? scary. See? Exactly. That's what I think. You know what? Hold on. I'm crossing that off. Okay, no longer on the list. Good. I'm glad that we've at least come to some sort of understanding. Now 10. And conclusion of that. So the bucket list. It's still a thing. Again, I've got to do the running with the bulls. I have to. And I have to do it soon. I mean, I don't want to be 90 and running with it. Well, oh. maybe I do. Oh, maybe that'll yeah. be the That's thing. That's the way to go out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe hilarious. You, yeah. you know? Well, just so you know, um, yeah, if you want to go out that way, um, he was tossed into the air yeah. by a charging bull. That's how that tossed works. Tossed into the air. Oh, he picks you up and, and throws he, you up in I the mean, air. I mean, he died from a wound in his leg. It's not yep. even like he was... Think about that, too. That's how easily you could die. You have major arteries in your life. You might want to go within the next year. I mean, if you're 90. Yeah. This is the season. They might eat you. This is bullfighting season. This is what it is? Yeah. And so the running of the bulls ties into bullfighting season, in case you didn't know. All I know about it is from Hemingway. There you go. Which is as good as any reason, right? I mean, if that alone. Still time for our our criminal of the day, though. All right. I can give a shout out to Caroline Melanie Lee of Jacksonville, Florida. Ah who may need to return her Teacher of the Year award. Literally. <laughs> Allegedly, Miss Lee became upset when she read the comments section in an Instagram post about her being named <laughs> Teacher of the Year. One student took particular offense to Miss Lee winning the award, disagreed with the honor, and expressed that displeasure online. Lee demanded the student come to her office, but the juvenile was afraid to be alone with the teacher, and for good reason. Miss Lee tracked the young girl down in the classroom and demanded she come with her. Once alone, back in Miss Lee's classroom, the teacher shut the door and then, quote, reached across the table and struck the student on her face with the heel of her palm, causing a bloody nose, according to the police report. Miss Lee then began repeatedly calling her profanities as she landed several more strikes on the top of the student's head and also kicked her in the lower leg, the student told officers. The student reported the assault immediately, and Lee was arrested and charged with child abuse. She has been removed from class pending an investigation. But again, this is Florida. So they may just rename the entire school after her at some point, okay? So for going all Bruce Lee on a student and becoming the most Florida, Florida teacher of the year ever, you, Caroline Melanie Lee, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. 
Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. We'll go ahead and kick off the 6 o'clock hour. Taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. And Cheese will start us. Yeah, this missing Chicago man is still being looked for. He last saw on uh, Halloween night, River North area. The search still goes on. They were looking for him late last night. And they are still looking. Judy Pye. Heather Mack is back in town. She's uh, that Oak Park woman who served time in a Bali prison for killing her mother and helping stuff her into a suitcase. Bruce? Mm. A lot of eyes on Kenosha today as the Kyle Rittenhouse trial will start. Jury selection actually completed yesterday. Give him credit. They said he could do it in one day, and they did. Opening statements will be heard today. Not sure how long that trial will last. We shall see. All right. Um, joining us right now is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. First off, Aaron, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Good morning to you. What a nice greeting. Yeah. As opposed to the usual, hey, what do you know? Ouch. <laughs> okay. Aaron, I'm starting to take things personally, quite honestly. I, uh, no, I, I, listen, great to have you on with us today because, you know, one of the things that we've been keeping an eye on are... The federal rules, uh, the rules coming down from the government regarding vaccine mandates. What are we hearing? And we'll start with that, and then we're going to figure out what changed. So what we're, we're expecting in the, in the coming days is a, a new rule that would require large businesses you know, over a, a certain number of employees, and we're talking in the hundreds. Okay. Uh, these businesses would... Uh, have to require their employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or subject them to weekly tests. This is, you know, very similar to the rules we're seeing in a lot of municipalities. Mm -hmm. And this regulation was announced back in September by President Biden, kind of a larger plan to impose vaccination requirements on, on as much as two thirds of the nation's workforce. And, and the, you know, the rules been kind of moving through the, the process and we expect uh, within the next couple of days, we should get answers to, to some of the key questions about how it's going to be implemented. Uh, yeah, you had mentioned that it was implemented back in September. So it, is this just a, the, the final final? Yeah, I think so. The, the, uh, it would, and, and it'll answer some of the, you know, the key questions like when are workers going to have to be vaccinated by and is there room for exemptions? And it seems as if this would apply to all businesses with at least 100 employees. Mm. Uh, any, any business with, with fewer than that uh, wouldn't be subject to this particular rule. But anybody, any business with 100 employees or more, uh, and that's like 80 million workers total, would, would have to either get vaccinated or, or get a weekly test. And there's a separate requirement in there for mandates in hospitals and nursing homes and other health facilities that accept federal dollars, and that applies to another 17 million workers in the country. Do we know if most have already done it? Most companies that have over 100 are you already know, or in the process? Yeah, it's a good question, and uh, I, I don't have a specific number, but I mean anecdotally, just knowing people who work in different industries and different kinds of businesses, that, that many businesses for return to office do have some kind of vaccine requirement. I have one, uh, you know, to get back into uh, to the, get back into ABC. Uh, but for those that don't, I think the administration's goal here is just to get more workers vaccinated. And we've seen in you know, local governments when they've done this, the vaccination rates have gone up significantly because people don't want to lose their jobs. Aaron, uh, again, we're talking to ABC News' Aaron Katursky. And I, I can only imagine 
only because I pay attention to when you deliver the news. There's going to be a legal challenge to this within moments of it being enacted. I, I, I got to believe that, you know, there's already been pushback in a variety of areas. Why wouldn't the public sector push back on this as well? Yeah, well, I think it's a good point. And we've already seen some governors push back. The, the Republican governor of South Carolina said uh, that uh, South Carolina would fight that rule to the gates of hell. Uh, so Ooh. there's some strong. Are they serious? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the gates of hell seems <laughs> like a long way. It's a way. long way. Yeah. <laughs> but there, you know, experts that we've been talking to have said there's, you know, they're, they're uncertain about any kind of an outcome here because there's never been anything so extensive in American history that requires vaccines across such a wide swath of, of the country. Um, the thinking is that, you know, the president here is on solid legal ground, but it's never really been been tested. And we'll see whether any Republican governors are successful or any businesses themselves are successful. Although it's I, I think you're hard pressed to find a large corporation that doesn't want its workforce to be vaccinated. Yeah, and from the top down, the problem is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Aaron, thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. He's ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. As the Labor Department uh, will be coming out with some of these vaccine mandates are expected in just the next couple of days. One of the things that's in there that I thought was interesting, and almost in a way to um, head off one of the arguments ahead of time, is that companies will be required to provide paid time off for people to either get vaccinated or recover from any side effect that they have from the vaccine. Oh. We've heard people that have gotten the, the vaccine maybe have like some flu-like symptoms mm-hmm. for a couple of days. And so uh, this rule in here would provide some protections, uh, you know, for employees. Uh, should they, well, should they need to go during work hours to get the vaccine? And should they suffer some sort of side effect? And you wonder, will they will they supply the same if you opt not to get vaccinated and have to be tested and then get COVID. Hmm. I think that's going to be a key element that's going to change maybe but some minds seen- when, when they say, okay, you don't have to, but you have to test whatever it Twice is a week. daily, weekly. And if you get COVID, we're not covering it. Well, it's like uh, you, you, uh, I get all the different, you know, companies that was it Delta airlines that charges you more if you're unvaccinated yes, for your health insurance. More. Yeah, that they're kind of hedging their bets yeah. on you getting getting so, yeah, sick. So different might, companies might have mm-hmm. different incentives or disincentives, I guess, depending on how you look at it, to try to do that. But yeah, the large companies out there, it strikes me that, and we talked about this, and I think it's been obvious from the get-go. The big companies out there, the ones that have a whole floor of lawyers, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They They have a legal department, have been... Pretty universal in we're doing this to protect the company. We have a responsibility to shareholders. We have a responsibility to opening ourselves up to liability. And we're going to do this hell or high water because we're here to protect the company. I, I, I think that's been the the move all along. Mm-hmm. You know, Kind of like um, every school district in the country that requires your children to be vaccinated before you can start school. Against like meeble, meas, meebles. measles, 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 I hear is worse. Measles is the worst. Measles. You do not want the measles. You know, it's not, I mean, I know we or talk about rumps. it. It is new in the, it's a new virus. It's, you know what I mean? It's a pandemic. But if you really think about it, it's just a vaccine. 
that that you have we have to get vaccines to do other things. Yeah. It's not like it's out of nowhere. I mean, I, I understand people who are nervous and you know, but people who just don't want to take it because they don't want to be told what to do. You've been told what to do when it comes to vaccines since you were little. Well, the the also the uh, you know government can't tell me what to do. Yeah, I see a lot. Of, I see those videos. Do you guys see those videos? Yeah. Usually it's it's like some guy. By the way, he's got the wraparound sunglasses on, and he's uh, got he's talking in his truck. You know what I'm saying to the camera or whatever. And Is I know he's standing along the banks of the Mississippi River. I, I I notice that when he's 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 delivering this speech about government can't tell him what to do. He's wearing a seatbelt, uh, probably driving the speed limit in some way, shape, or form. Uh, drives on the right side of the road. You know, the government tells you what to do in a lot of ways, and you are okay with it. You know that yeah. that there's a lot of things that, uh, yeah, are mandated, if you will. And we will see how this works with the Labor Department coming out soon. Although I expect legal challenges, and that's fine. Let it play out. Let's find out, and let's have some some definitive answers on this. Good morning, and happy Tuesday to you. Glad that you could uh, spend some time with us. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. The numbers don't lie. The numbers do not lie. Taking a look at 2021, and and let's, I think whenever we're comparing statistics, like 2020 is going to have an asterisk next to it forever. Fair enough, right? So let's go back to 2019. Shootings in Chicago are up 68%. From two years ago. Murder is up 56%. There's no way to put a positive spin on those numbers. And at the root of a lot of it is guns. Gun violence behind it. And Mayor Pritzker addressed it. A lot of that has to do with uh, uh, the trafficking of illegal guns uh, uh, coming across the border, etc., showing up in some of these neighborhoods, people using uh, uh, guns, tougher laws, which I think a lot of people are for. But uh, it was interesting. Um, and I, I credit uh, Newsy, uh, a website, and uh, who, who did a piece on this um, and got kind of the counterpoint. I guess might be a way because I haven't fully understood. I've been trying to understand. So what's the argument on the other side? We've reached out and we'll do it again right now to Kim Fox yeah. and invite her to come on and explain things a little bit. Okay. Um, Kim Fox wants me to understand that when it comes to gun violence, there are nuances. So the, the, the argument is, if I understand it correctly, if I, if I get this wrong, being in possession of a legal gun and an illegal gun and using a gun, legal or not, in the commission of a crime should not all be lumped together. Uh, okay. I mean, I, 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 a matter of degrees. I, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, well, they're a matter of degrees, but it's still a crime. No doubt. I'm not trying to excuse it, but I, I can acknowledge she that is. She's shooting somebody it. is worse than being in possession of a gun. Yeah, they're not tied to a violent gun offense yet. Until they are. Until they are. Um, to hear a prosecutor say that is jarring. Well, and remember, jarring. you have another level of, of protection, I guess, or another level of the matter of the law where in this state you got to have a FOID card. To even have a gun to begin with, right, right, right. So you're in violation of of that yeah, right. as well. No, no, no argument, no argument. I did think it was so. Again, you're you're trying to get some of these 
the other side. Catherine Crawford is uh, legal director of the Lawndale Christian Legal Center and talks about dealing with some of these, let's be honest, young men who carry weapons and why. I have to have it and people have to know I have it. But see, that that gets into the whole thing where, okay, yes, you're in possession of a legal gun or illegally in possession of a gun. Maybe that's the better you know word. But the fact that you need to broadcast that in some way, shape or form, isn't that part of leading to violence in, in the future? She went yeah. on. She went on to say, I mean, think about this. That's the Kim Fox argument as well, right? So this is this is what they're saying that that merely possessing gun. But this strikes me as like a chicken and egg argument. We could all come up with and probably come up with the same list of neighborhoods of parts of town that we don't want to visit after dark. Hell, maybe we don't want to visit at noon. Yeah. Okay? We wouldn't feel comfortable being in there. They are high crime areas. They are the areas that, that are constantly in the news for uh, shootings and, and things happening on street corners and whatnot. So if we wouldn't be comfortable to go through there, maybe if we weren't armed, maybe if we didn't have a, a group of us, safety in numbers, well, why why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't people that live believe- there? So it's a chicken and egg argument. good citizens are packing guns. They're just not. That guy that what? you heard, I think those are people who are afraid because maybe they have a gang affiliation. They're doing something maybe illegal. Why? I mean, I don't think people are walking around. I think if you live in that around. neighborhood, you're going to be concerned. I mean, you don't have those, to be. No, we, those aren't the people we ever hear shooting guns. It's never, oh, Joe Blow had a gun and he stopped it. You know, well, that was his point. He said, I'm not shooting the gun. I need it to protect myself because this is a bad neighborhood. We agree it's a bad but neighborhood. But he's not protecting himself. What, just having a gun means protection? No. The people yes, doing it. Yes, it actually are, it does. Yeah, it does. I, yeah, actually it not does. Not in those neighborhoods. Yeah. No. Oh, absolutely. It They're does. involved more in so gun in those, violence. More so in those no. neighborhoods than. We never hear other about it. You guys say that, but you have to have evidence to back it up. We don't, what are you talking we about? We don't hear about people using their guns to defend themselves. All the time. Uh, all, the, yeah. all the time. When? All the time. I never hear stories about that. When it was happens every day in America. All Every the time. Day. You say that? Okay, maybe it does happen once a day in America, but that's it. It is not uh, this big number that you keep talking about. I never hear stories about that happening. Well, regardless, so, this kid has every right to go out and get himself a concealed carry absolutely. card. Absolutely. So why does he just go about the right way? I don't think he yeah. has one, though. I think he's yeah. just packing a gun. Yeah. And I, 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 that, there is, again, that is breaking the law. I get it. But I also, I guess on a certain level, can understand if I lived in one of those neighborhoods? Oh, yeah. I carry a gun too. I carry a gun to drive through those neighborhoods. Illegally. One way or the other, if I couldn't get one legally, it wouldn't stop me. When somebody's shooting at you or somebody points a gun at you, you can't argue the but law. I don't with understand them. why you that there's a pass for that guy, but not a pass for the cop who shot her gun because her car was being carjacked. You know what I mean? You can't have it both ways. Either there are gun laws or there aren't. There's no exceptions. It's not. I well, didn't say shooting the gun. I didn't. I, but you said didn't carrying it, and that's carrying illegal. Carrying it and shooting just, it are two different I don't, things. I think that's where we. Why we're in the mess we're in. Laws are laws, and they should be followed. I have. Well, I've I've never done it in my adult life. I. It may have happened when I was a children, and I had no say in it. You did not. I got a flu shot. No. I've never had a flu shot. 
So I'm fully expecting to get the flu, by the way, because of that. No, that's not how it works. That's how it works. That's how vaccines work. I don't know what they put in me. It could be a chip also. Maybe now they track me, which actually wouldn't be such a bad thing. I'm alone a lot of the time. Maybe nice somebody checked in on me. You know what they did? They put medicine in you that helps you not get sick. So joining us right now is Dr. Simone Wilds, an infectious disease physician at South Shore Health in Weymouth, Mass. Welcome back, Dr. Wilds. Great to have you. Um, great to be here, but I must say, I'm so happy to hear you got your flu vaccine. You like made my day. Thank I, you. Yay. I'm clapping over here. I was, I was, I was worried about having to talk to you having not gotten it. You know, you, you, you got me down that path. So we talk a little bit about uh, flu shots and flu season. Let's, let's go back uh, a year ago. Why was the flu not a thing last year? Well, you know, for a number of reasons, um, big thing was there are a lot of people wearing masks, a lot of people socially distanced, people just not congregating together as much. And I think we did a good job of really trying to get people to get out and get their flu shot, as we should. And I think people heeded because everyone was really scared about getting COVID and the flu. So I think that has a really big impact on the very mild season that we had last year. And are we seeing people getting the flu shot this season, or are the numbers down? The numbers are down, which is why I'm here to encourage everyone. You know, we normally say try to get it between September and October. But if you haven't get it, gotten it yet, you can still go out and get it. But the push is really to get everyone to get the flu shot this year because, you know, we don't really know how severe it's going to be this year, and we want to be prepared. That is kind of one of the weird things, I guess, when we look long term about the flu is um, you don't know how bad it is until after it's over. Right? It's tough to predict moving into a flu season. Is that fair to say? Yes, that is fair to say. You know, we do look at what's happening on the southern hemisphere um, kind of as a guide, but it's not 100 percent. And they had a mild season again maybe a predictor but we don't really know for sure and the key thing is you don't want to be unprepared and key is we have a flu vaccine that's available for anyone over six months of age they can get the flu vaccine so you know go out get everyone vaccinated and i know every season there we target certain um flus certain variations are there different how many different ones are there this season Right. So, you know, this season we're going to be, um, the vaccine is going to cover four different viruses. Um, the ones um, based on modeling that they have done, they say, well, these are the most likely ones. Not 100%, but, you know, I think any protection we can get against the flu really will be very beneficial, especially for those who are high risk. And by that, I mean those who have asthma, the elderly, the pregnant women, children. Really important that we get that group vaccinated. So uh, from last year, do we have any cases of, you know, where the flu exacerbated the when you got COVID or even led to death? Because people had both. Can't be better. Um, not be worse. Yeah, right off the bat, you feel like it's got to be worse, right? If you have the flu and COVID. Sure. Uh, Judy, I, I think that, you know, it's very rare that that happens. But again, n- not something that we're completely um, removing from the table, which is why we said, you know, get your flu and your COVID vaccine and just want to make a plug that you can get both at the same time, which is very different from what we were talking about last year. This year, you can get your flu shot in one arm, your COVID in another arm. 
Um, so correct you know, me if I'm wrong, but that's two different shots because uh, that's two needles, uh, Doctor Wilds, and I'm allergic to hypodermic needles. Oh, you are allergic. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't have an affinity for them, you know. And I and, and listen, I think there was we talked about this going back a while. There, there. I'm not the only one who's not a fan of shots, and that that is a barrier to a lot of people doing. But now you've had several. That's right? the thing. I've and had so many of them. To, aren't you? It's, and look, I, I won't say that I'm and used to. Are you to embarrassed it. now? Because really, no. by the time you're still complaining, they're like, we're finished. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> right, right. And you get a special treat at the end. Yeah, you get a lollipop. I keep waiting for my lollipops. Yeah, yeah. yeah I keep <laughs> waiting for them. Dr. Wilds, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and and your your pitch to get the flu shot. I, I do want to follow up only, only from this standpoint because, you know, prior to COVID, if you will, you could make an argument the flu vaccine was, you know, the vaccine that people were, were being uh, um, encouraged to get. And the flu, uh, go back to 2019, 18, 17, I mean, it still kills a lot of people every year. Yes, it does. And, you know, last year, again, we can't talk about what happened last year, but in 2019 to 2020, there were 38 million cases and, of course, a significant number of deaths, um, particularly in elderly people, children right so there is still a great risk for dying from the flu and even though the vaccine might not be a hundred percent no vaccine is Mm -hmm. it still offers some protection which is why we want people to get it fair enough thank you dr wilds we appreciate your time all right be safe dr simone wilds uh infectious disease physician at south shore health in weymouth massachusetts about the flu vaccine i see i see a lot more um I'm going to call it marketing, advertising, of Um, all of the places telling you flu vaccine. We have the flu vaccine. Walk in now and get your flu vaccine. I went to Walgreens last week for one of the kids. They needed a physical, which I didn't know Walgreens did. They have a little... They have a little like they medic- do physicals back there? Well, not Walgreens, but like Aurora Medical or someone within Walgreens. Got it. Um, Anyway, we went for that, and we while we were waiting for Conlon, while we were waiting, I said to Kaylee, oh, why don't we get your flu? Because I had already gotten mine. Why don't we get your flu vaccine? I walked up to the pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Can I get a flu vaccine? They couldn't have been more accommodating. They said absolutely. Wow. Roll up she sleep. got it within three minutes. Yeah. Boom, 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 done. Yeah. No money exchanging hands, nothing. Just, yeah. I, okay, I, mean, I didn't pay they, a nickel, They by couldn't the way. make it your insurance, I think. My insurance paid for it? Yeah. Okay, I have no But I'm pretty it. sure you can get free flu shots, like, in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I did that this year, uh, you know. Honestly, partly is because I'm getting used to getting stuck all the damn time, yeah. you know. I am surprised you got if your first first time. Well, I, I probably had some when I was a little kid. Yeah, you know. No, I bet you didn't. You I don't never, think I, did? I never got a flu shot? You didn't get a flu shot no. when you were a kid. Oh, okay. I think it's an oh really. And I don't remember me. what I was getting. I wasn't, listen, it wasn't explained to me when I was a children what the hell they were doing to me. I was like a, a dog going to the vet, you know. I knew it wasn't good. I, I didn't like going. Right. We'd pull up outside. I go, I thought we were going to get McDonald's. What's going on here? Oh, that's you know? afterward. Yeah, and when I'd get, get dragged in shots. and there'd be tears involved. And yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I was not a fan of the doctor's office, yeah, no, to say the least. My t- I don't. I don't believe I got my children flu vac- vaccines. Hmm. Really? Guess, yeah, that's kind of more to me in my life a newer thing. That's a newer one. Okay, uh, yeah, fair and enough. I do it. And then maybe, maybe I, I didn't. Yeah, I know so many people who don't get the flu vaccine, and I think it comes down to I would get the flu all the time. 
Oh. Every year I would get the flu, and I just got tired of it. And I haven't gotten the flu since I've been vaccinated. Maybe, maybe once well, I'm about in all a, these years, but it's been perfect for me. I'm about, what, 19 hours into my uh, flu vaccine, still standing. Nice. Uh, Good I, to hear. I can report no ill effects. I uh, swear to God, if you get the flu. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> you won't. That will be fantastic. That's the whole so, point. Listen, think about uh, when you went to school. Is it fair to say that very few of us were good at all subjects? You had some that you excelled at, some that came easier than others, and some that were a grind. Okay. I liked reading. Uh, I was good at that. English, I was good at. I got that. Understood it. I like I like things like history, you know, American government. I liked all that. I was good at it. I, math. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, right? Math. <laughs> I'm a math. Uh, how many times do you hear someone go, oh, God, I love math? I, I run into these people and I think they're aliens. Uh, I'm a mathematical illiterate. I actually have my, my nephew who's in high school. And I'm like, hey, what's your best 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 class? Probably math. And I go, I literally went, we're going to need to DNA test him because my nobody youngest, in this family is yeah, good at math. My youngest son is very good at math. So, Max, he's in finance. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who he is. So, do genetics influence subjects, courses, fields of study? Maybe more than we ever thought. Because I never thought to blame mom and dad, but I'm perfectly willing to do it. My Luke, the math whiz, gets all that from his dad, the math whiz. Okay, okay. Oh. So it did run in the family, yes. that sense. I, like you, loved English, writing. I'm very, cre- I'm more creative. Than- I hate math and science. I don't hate it. Never good in math and science. But I was good in more of the, you know, English mm-hmm. and like Word, history. Yeah. yeah. So that I realized later in life, my mother had all these diaries and things she wrote and everywhere and, you know, pretty good writer. Yeah. And my sister's pretty creative. So, yeah, we tended to get that part. So there was a study from the people that do studies that took a look at kids and specifically they were looking at twins, which I thought was kind of interesting and trying to find out if there was a connection between genetics and how well, how well kids do through school. And there is a connection. I feel good. I'm blaming somebody now, at least. I feel like I could, my, my mathematical illiteracy, I can at least blame on genetics on some level. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, once in a while, there's probably a weird case where, you know, right? Someone's a... Someone's a great, you know, basketball player out of a family that had no athletes. Say. Well, okay, so and that's a good analogy, right? That's a great right? analogy because Athletics. because think about you know there are things that all of us excel at, almost all of us, but all of us excel at something, right? Why? And why are you better at that than than some somebody else? Okay, maybe athletics, maybe intelligence, maybe working with your hands, whatever, art, whatever it might be. So why wouldn't things like science, math, English be in the same way? Some people are just really good at it. You just, Some people aren't. You just reminded me when we went to a teacher-parent conference one time for Conlin, who's the artist. The artist. His art teacher in high school said, so which one of you is the artist? I had never heard that before. Really? And of course, again... Their dad, the math whiz, also extremely good in art. Saying that, but as that. was my mom. 
My mom was a really good artist. Okay. So we had a lot of art in both. But I, her point was, one of you has to be a good artist because your son's a good artist. And, it, and they're saying it's not that you taught them. Uh, right. It is, no, it, it is, is genetic. Exactly. It's, it's not that exactly. you were, yeah, you put no, a paintbrush in their hand at age she, three. But I mean, she wasn't even mincing words. Like, well, usually she said, no, if you have a, an artist in your family, it comes from somewhere. One of you has to, even if maybe you had potential you didn't realize. Well, you know, I dab a little bit in art. I never realized how, mm. you know. Music, you and know, I things had never like that. Heard, yeah. Music is a great example. Where, a lot where of, you know, some people are just amazing at just picking right. something up. And, and their and, parents were. Yeah. But it, we accept that, again, in so many other areas. But we get to schoolwork, and it's like, no, you're supposed to be good at this. And I used to argue all the time. I go, I, 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 I said, it's not that I'm trying to do bad. I'm just really not good at this. Like, I don't see it the same way other people see it. My friend Danny was valedictorian at my high school. Danny was my best friend. Yeah. Danny could do math. He didn't, he didn't even need to take the books. He was like, I already know the answers before we talk. How do you do this? He and he would try it, to right. explain it to me. And I'm like, this is not, my brain is it's not right working brain, like that. It's right brain, left brain, right? I, I they don't talked get about it. it forever. Yeah, it's, you know, the first time I noticed we were in the car going on some long trip and we, I said, well, let's do some math games. <laughs> oh, kids, my God. Luke, who was very young, was getting, I would say, what's five plus six minus three times, you know, one of those things. I'm lost already. Luke I don't know. would get it in, within, I mean, he wouldn't even hesitate. Boom. And I said, Luke, how? We, we got a little bit nervous, actually. We're like, we have a prodigy. That didn't pan out at all. <laughs> anyway, he said. <laughs> Not quite Raymond. Because, quite. you know, it's that, and maybe Nick knows, it's this things. new math. I could never help my kids with math because I couldn't. They I could get, math I could has get, even changed. Well, but I could get to the end answer. I couldn't show them how to do it because yeah. I was doing what is considered apparently old math. I don't know how that works. And he was doing, so he told me, well, I see it in my head. Yeah. Uh, that's foreign to me. I couldn't, I can do math if I do long division, right? Hey, Rob. Evergreen yeah. Park. Shout out to you, Rob. Hey, good morning to you. What about, do you think it's genetic? Do you think there's something in families? Um, you know, uh, when, uh, growing up, we had this like multiplication card that every, every kid was learn sure. from, and my sisters got it really easily, and I was the youngest. When it came to me, I didn't get it, and my parents didn't adjust their learning style, and it made me more nervous because it's like, why don't you get this? Your sisters got it, and they're yelling and yelling, and I totally blanked out like certain numbers how to multiply for years because it caused like this like nervousness because it was like. <laughs> They were so like, why don't you get the girl? Right. Got it? It, 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 it starts like to you perpetuate. have a mental block. It, it be, you get anxious over it. Yeah. I, I used to, I used, Rob, thank you. And I hope you've, you've recovered from this. And, and by the way, I blame your sisters. Um, but, but I would get, I, I would explain it that I have this nightmare of like numbers marching at me like stormtroopers but they're like there's a five and there's a seven and there's a three and they're uh, and are I they go, armed because i'm pretty sure i saw uh, this in squid game was that in squid game yeah are you better in math no okay so it's it's a lifelong thing. no i just well and, and at, at this point it's like why why you have you, well, i have no reason oh, to get sorry. better in math computer if we had what yeah. kids Hello? have nowadays right you don't have to be good in math. You just need to have a phone. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. 
We're going to jump into the 7 o'clock hour, and we're taking a look at the big stories people are talking about. Judy will start us off. Mac is back. Heather Mack is the Oak Park woman who served time in a Bali prison for helping kill her mother and then stuffing her body into a suitcase. She served seven years. A judge ruled yesterday that Chicago's vaccine mandate must be arbitrated with the police unions. That while officers can still be placed on administrative leave unpaid for not revealing their vaccine status, the December 31st deadline of termination is stayed by the judge. Cheese. Hmm. U of I graduate Inaki Baskaran was last seen at a River North bar called Celeste on Saturday night. He FaceTimed a friend saying he was on his way home and he never showed up. Uh, about 100 people last night combed the River North area looking for him. As of now, he is still missing. One of the um, uh, issues when you talk about um, violence and crime in Chicago, I think it is fair there there are multiple factors it ain't all it ain't one thing let's just be honest no it's no god it's a lot of things but one of them has to be and rightfully should be uh the courts the way judges um approach offenders uh sentencing different guidelines bond hearings etc and we have a um a, a story of a new judge here in cook county um who has judy i will i will call it has a um a different approach to bond hearings yes so judge trying to be nice i understand that yeah well she's has a different approach to everything legal so she set bail for 27 defendants uh during recent sessions she gave 22 of them recognizance bonds even though two of them were charged with felony robbery. She refused to grant prosecutors' requests to have several of them held without bail, including one charged with attempted murder. So she let them all go on their own recognizance, and they had to probably maybe the attempted murder, which was pretty horrendous, if yeah. you read yeah, the details. Stomped, yeah, beating, stomping, stomped, choking his, his pregnant, pregnant girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah, But I believe the judge did say, was she the one who said, well, at least there's still a heartbeat. So, <sighs> I mean... It's unbelievable when you read this whole story, this this particular judge. So this is, again, prosecutors are in front of this judge arguing for held without bail. Yeah, not even arguing for for, bail, arguing for no bail. that these people are dangerous and shouldn't be on the streets, and this judge is going the other direction. It It does also show and how much power judges have. Like, I don't think people realize how much power judges have. Somebody who does realize how much power judges have is Pat Brady, who's our political analyst. Pat, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Hey, good morning, guys. As a former federal prosecutor, you ran into your share of judges. And I again, I don't think it's an understatement that judges have some pretty amazing powers, a pretty wide breadth of of, uh, of things that they can or can't do. But this one really strikes me as odd. There, there appears to be a lot of evidence, but this judge is releasing these people. What do you see in this, Pat? Well, first and foremost, it's Judge Kelly McCarthy, who's yep. newly elected. And when she's up in seven years, vote not to retain her. And if you really are upset by this like I am, call Tim Evans, the chief judge, and say, why are you letting her doing bond hearings? But there, there is a system, and this is the state stuff, which they did as well, 
there is a whole statutory framework on how to determine if somebody wants to arrested, if they should be let out. Okay. Most importantly, whether it's a, they've committed a violent offense, like beating a pregnant woman is typically a violent offense, or if they're going to be a flight risk. There's a whole algorithm that the court pretrial services goes through, gives to the judge, and the judge makes the evaluation. But it, like you said, it's ultimately up to the judge. And I don't know what this judge is thinking, but these examples here are horrendous. She should not be hearing bond hearings. She's got a, a political agenda or some agenda that's just, and, and with the backdrop of a 220% increase in violent crimes, none of this makes sense. Uh, and point. she came from the defender's office. I mean, for whatever that means, right? The public defender's office. I mean, is do you think, Pat, this is like a case again of the social justice reform? I mean, well, like yeah, it's, it's going awry, in, though, know, going way extreme the other way? Exactly. This is part of the whole movement. Kim Fox is part of it, where they believe that they're like you played in that earlier clip earlier this morning about nuance in gun cases. There's no nuance in a gun case. If you've got an illegal gun, you're looking at a class X felony. That's it. There's no nuance there. And to have this kind of quote nuance in bond hearings. No, these are violent offenders that need to be locked up to protect society. And this whole left wing defund police social service network prosecutor's office, it's not working. And every day we see in the city of Chicago how 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 much it's not working and how much it's how much damage it's really doing to the city of Chicago. He's Pat Brady, not only our political analyst, but former federal prosecutor as well. And and Pat, I can I can acknowledge and I can see and there have been instances of um, issues in the criminal justice system that I could argue, but probably need some reforming. We should look at how we do that. This isn't one of them. Like, I don't understand that. No. You know, I, I, I don't know what the constituency is for this of releasing violent offenders on recognizance bond, basically, you know, you can go free. Um, how does that make the public? What, what point are you trying to make as a judge? And, and you have to put it in historical context a little bit to understand. So 10, 15 years ago, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart, some of these other people say, hey, this bond system's not working. Like you t- there, there needs to be reforms, no doubt, in certain areas. People that were sitting in jail for retail thefts, for a long time when the gangbangers were getting out because they could postpone. So they instituted a system of reforms, but it's just gone way too far to the left. And this judge is a product of that mindset that every criminal is a victim and they need to be back on the streets. And there, mm-hmm. there truly is no constituency for it. Bruce, I mean, Kim Fox has a 35% approval rating, but it's more of a, a political agenda that your judges aren't supposed to have political agendas. They're supposed to be biased, and that's why the scales of justice has a blindfold on it. Right. You're supposed to apply the law, and she clearly is not doing that here. And, and the people that are really, how would you like to be this the, the victim in the, in the pregnant yeah. woman being case? Yeah. <laughs> What's she thinking? Yeah. Like, wow. yeah, the guy who tried no to kill me, you just let, let out. Yeah, yeah, with an apology. What, 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 come on, this, this is... It is so bad and so far to the left and so messed up that it's got to be stopped. And the only way that people in the city are going to stop it, you got to get rid of Kim Fox and you got to hold these, these judges accountable. I mean, that's that's we got to make noise about it because it's it's really, really horrendous. And Pat, I mean, Chief Judge Timothy Evans is pretty well respected. Yes. So is that he the way do to right? Do, do you think he will? Because I mean, I, I can't see him as part of this. Well, and he is, and he's historic. He came from a political background, so he gets politics. I, I think that if he sees this article, I would suggest that he needs to get her out of bond court, put her over in some other court where she doesn't deal with, with criminals. You know, it's funny, though, Judy, 
my experience with public defenders that become judges, they typically are very hardcore <laughs> judges. Yeah. Oh, that's because interesting. They very much so. They've seen the system. They know these guys. I'm sorry, there are criminals that are bad, and they lie, and they do bad things. Right. And the public defenders know that. So they're very typically, in my experience, they're harder judges in enforcing the law than some of the other folks might be. I can tell you, so Pat, I think this woman. The, the, and, the, and maybe the, the most disappointing thing you told me is, oh, you can vote against her in seven years. Yeah. Well, you know? and again, in, in Cook County, because it, she'll run unopposed, she'll win the Democratic primary or, or run unopposed, yeah. you know, when she ran this time. And that has historically been kind of a rigged game. So it's it's a bad system, but there there yeah. are things you can do. But you're right. It, it happens once in a while. But Kelly McCarthy, Judge Kelly McCarthy, you got you to shed light on that. Yeah. Well, and we're Chief trying. Judge Timothy Evans, he's the guy to get a hold of. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, she is, call, say, what's going on? She has gone, uh, we like to say, well past where the bus is running. She's gone like rogue. way out there. Hey, Pat, appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Pat. Anytime, guys. See ya. All right. It's Pat Brady, our political analyst about the, uh, the, the, the bond court judge who has a relatively lenient, the opposite of a hanging judge. Whatever a hanging judge, she's the absolute opposite of it. Everybody goes free. Morning. Bruce, Judy, cheese. I'm trying to think of where you were going with some crowded house today. Hey now, hey now, don't say it's over. Don't dream it's over. Okay. Dream it's over. There. All right. Okay. Is the pando over? I say <laughs> there's probably three. There's three types of people out there right now. If I say is the pando over? No. Yes. What pando? I think those are the three different uh, uh, camps that people fall into. But I watch uh, the Bill Maher show, um, and it, it's on HBO on Friday nights. And there's interesting conversations. He brings in different people, uh, people who don't agree with him, go back and forth. And I thought he had a really interesting observation. And keep in mind, he's talking to Senator Chris Coons, a Democrat from... Delaware. And he also has a, a woman on there. She writes for the Atlantic. Yeah. And Bill Maher said this. I I think he's he he's gotten to the point that probably a lot of you got to a, a long time ago. That at this point, the numbers I would argue this the numbers don't justify the response. They did at one point. I, I will acknowledge that. But when you take a look at the infection rates, when you look at the deaths, it, I don't think it justifies the types of restrictions that we're seeing. Right. And I've been thinking about that, too, because we've been way past the number. What was it? Five in Illinois mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. they instituted all the you know mandates. But then I think, well, is it that they're so close now they feel like let's just keep going for a while until it's, you know, maybe no deaths for but, a day, but on the other hand, yeah, okay, we're we're at that point, and why not? But that's the argument, Judy, of what do they call it? Um, uh, COVID zero. It's a terminology mm -hmm. of no COVID infections and no COVID deaths. That is an unrealistic goal. Right. That's like cancer zero. It's yeah. nice to aim for it. We're not going to get there. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We might have a day here or a day there. On the other hand. If everyone just goes, all right, we're done, go back to normal, and then, you know, because we don't know what this fall's going to be like or the winter, and then all the numbers go back up, now what? You think everyone's going to go back? Oh, no. I think one of the, the, 
the continuing issues is the mixed messages where people run this through their BS filter or their common sense filter and they're asking questions. <laughs> Pick a side of the fence and build a house. The problem with that, Bill, is you can't make the ones who are unvaxxed wear a mask. And That's it, the problem. And I, I would love that. I would say the only difference, uh, there's a variety of differences between me and Bill Maher. But one is we do travel a lot. He still he does stand up, I guess, and, and travels around the country a lot. And he observes, same thing I observe, is you go to other states. You go to Arizona. You go to Florida. I was in North Carolina recently. What Pando? It's not there. <laughs> he made an argument, and, and again, you, you may disagree with Bill Maher on a variety of things. Fair enough. I do as well. But I think he's got a point on this. And he also made the point, he goes, we have all these sporting events. We're packing people into basketball arenas. We're packing people into uh, football scenes are outdoors for the most part. Some are inside. Hockey arenas. Baseball stadiums. Where are the mass spreader events? Where are the, 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 the doom and the gloom? Like at some point it becomes the boy that cries wolf. And I, and I, I think we're getting dangerously close to that. And I would rather see. Some leadership from the standpoint of a organized slash coordinated ramping down of things as opposed to the hodgepodge, which we see, which just leads to more questions and leads to more people being dismissive or skeptical of the information they get. You know, I'd love and to hear see, Governor I Pritzker see that say, already, though, you're right. Really? It'd be nice to have a Co- coordinated abroad. Yeah, but. People aren't, nobody's wearing a mask. I'm not even wearing a mask most times. People have moved on. They've moved on. They've, and you're right. People who want to wear a mask are wearing it. We can wear one all the time. Yeah, my I son, don't care. he wears a mask all the time. Knock yourself As a matter of fact, he's in the car. I might take the mask oh, off. I'm God. embarrassed for you. Yeah. But he's like, well, we're about to get out. But good for him. He, that is his mindset. I don't even now when I walk in certain places where, you know, I'll have to run back to the car or when I get to the door, they're like, don't even worry about it. Just go on. Because, you know, if you're going to a bar or restaurant, you sit down, you don't have to wear the mask. I don't think I don't think people are confused at this point. People are doing what they want. Robert in in Shorewood. What's your point? You there, Robert? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. Speak up a little bit. I, I'm having trouble hearing you, Robert. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Can you folks hear me now? Oh, loud and clear. It just got mm-hmm. better. Okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um Ron Paul, the great former congressman, sure. had a great point when he was on Oprah Winfrey uh, back in the 80s and when or 90s when they were talking about health care then, proposed by Hillary Clinton. He said, you know, we want to be very careful where we go with this. And um, he pointed to the gentleman that, that was bringing up the question. He said, you know, sir, you know, to be quite honest with you, you know, you're kind of fat. Mm-hmm. And how about when you're eating that cheeseburger, I go slap that cheeseburger out of your hand because that's going to raise health care costs. Right. Or someone who drinks beer every day or smokes or cigarettes. Or soda pop or whatever. Right. That, that, that you, you, you know, you, that where does this end, for lack of better well, terms? Well, this country is, this is what everyone has lost in this. This country is based on the idea of self-governance. Mm-hmm. This is the experiment that us as human beings are intelligent enough to chart our own path without interference from the government. 
and people have lost that. And yeah. also, the people that are servants, I've been a server for 20-plus years, started at Denny's in 1997. <laughs> These up. people are our public servants. Let's stop acting like they rule over us. You're here. Bye. I, I, I got to run. I'm going to try to cut you off, Robert. I got to hit to the news. And I, I, I don't disagree. I think there's a lot of truth in that right now. And we do need to be careful. Where does that end? You breathe. Can you play some, you need to play some, some lighter music for the rest of the day for the people who are stuck out there right now. Gotcha. Okay? I just, I'm just throwing it out there. Enya. All right. What? A little Enya. Enya. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Can't go wrong with Enya. Enya makes it calms the <laughs> wild beast. Okay. But I don't, I, I don't think it's even anecdotal. Although I will tell you. People have been driving different, and I think people are driving faster and maybe more aggressively, and maybe that's what's behind U.S. traffic fatalities up almost 20% in just the first half of this year. What is behind all that? Joining us right now from AAA Chicago is Molly Hart. Molly, thank you for spending time with us today. Whoops, did I lose Molly? Hold on. No, are you there? Yep. Oh, there you are. Okay, that was our fault. Uh, Molly, we see these numbers, and what are you seeing behind them? What? Why all of a sudden such a big spike when you know cars have been getting safer, uh, freeways have been getting safer? Are fewer people on the road? Fewer people too? driving, yeah, we weird. think. Yeah. Well... What you just shared is alarming um, in regards to what NHTSA just uh, put out. Um, And crashes and fatalities rose in 2020, and it was a national trend. And it was largely attributed to the fact that there were less people on the road, which made it possible for people to drive at a higher speed. Speed is a big issue. And even with fewer Americans taking to the roads in 2020 due to the pandemic, those that did appeared to take greater risks which means that the crashes that did occur were more likely to cause injuries and fatalities. So because there were fewer cars out there, people who normally would be in bumper-to-bumper traffic all of a sudden saw four lanes wide open and just put their foot in it. And, and that we saw more issues because of that. Yes, that is correct. Wow. And then based on the provisional data from um, IDOT, Illinois saw a higher increase than the national average during that time. Really? And as we are just talking about, in 2021, we have continued to see an increase even as traffic patterns have begun to approach pre-pandemic norms. So traffic sort of returned to normal, but people are still driving too fast? Yes. Yes. People are driving fast. And, you know, and there's also... Um, the other issues at hand that we are always aware of, and it's speeding and it's using your cell phone, and um, it's also driving impaired. And, of course, we ask everyone to obey the speed limits. We want everyone to obey those speed limits. Keep your eyes on the road. And, obviously, if you're going to drink or um, partake in recreational marijuana, just don't drive. It seems like those those traffic deaths have declined dramatically right like in the past impaired? 10 years impaired um traffic deaths have declined but um we still are seeing some issues obviously with um you know like i said speeding using the cell phone uh, or driving impaired well the, i was going to say we we also know that during the pandemic 
sales and use of alcohol and now maybe legal marijuana, you know, that that you have an opportunity for more impaired drivers maybe than you you did before. I do think it's it is interesting and you know I think a lot of folks out there see it with their with their own eyes. They see what's going on. But it it strikes me as odd because I know this cars are getting so much safer, Molly. I mean with all of the safety features built into cars these days is there a false sense of security? I will admit that I think with airbags and, uh, you know, all, all the stuff I've got built into my car, I'll be all right. You're, you know, you're exactly right. Um, it's a false sense of safety. And all the technologies aren't perfect. And, you know, if you take your eyes off the road for two seconds, it doubles the increase of the likelihood of a crash. Mm. Just two seconds. Are some of these high numbers related to the fact that maybe people are driving more farther distances? You know, I don't have any data to confirm that. Um, But, you know, as we return to the daily commute, we just want to remind all motorists to practice safe behaviors. Appreciate your time today, Molly. Thank you very much. She's Molly Hart, public relations spokesperson for AAA Chicago, uh, because the numbers don't lie. Uh, you know that, that it is yes, it is deadlier on the roads. Right I hate now. to admit, I ne- I the speed I now drive to get to work every morning. You hate to admit that speed. I do because I I'm not a speeder. I I will go like you know I'm the person that goes nine miles over, not ten, but nine. Um, but now I do go well over the speed limit really? because when I first started driving here, there was no one on the roads. So right. And I felt so much safer doing that. Now there are more cars, but it's, it's still the early morning. I don't know what happened to my mindset, but I just kept it up. And you know, it's, well, there, there is a, like a, it's not optical illusion. There's like a mental thing that goes on when you, I, I tell me if I'm the only one, I get on a, uh, on a freeway and I'm hardly any other cars. And it's four, five lanes. You know, it's it's a big expressway. Mm-hmm. There's nobody else on there. I'm like, this is like a racetrack. Just <laughs> yeah. put your fi- come on. I've got all the room in the world. I can go as fast as I want. It's the autobahn all Ooh. of a sudden, right? And 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 that's along the lines. Hey, yeah. Howard in Northbrook, uh, what yeah. have you what have you seen? I've seen a lack of police pulling over speeders. Oh, that is such a good point. Fear of making an error or putting themselves at risk so they just kind of sit back interesting i wonder i wonder if that's part of it them not wanting to actually come in contact with or be a part of it but also some of the manpower issues i mean if you're if you're if you're trying to assign law enforcement to an area is speeding more important than the shooting that just happened do you know what i mean yeah no i mentioned that earlier that on the eisenhower i never see state police except for yesterday Oh, with yeah. their lights on. What? I was like, what is that? Pulling someone over. Wow. Okay. Like, we were all going. And that's the other thing. Nobody even really slowed down. Why would you slow down? They already got somebody. <laughs> it, no, but before he got somebody. I mean, usually you could always tell. It's like, why is everyone going so slow? Then you see a cop car. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Nobody, car. No, yeah. People did not slow down. And everyone I, was going I think fast. cops. Mm. I think cops respect you when you pass them. <laughs> I don't know why I think this, but I think they respect you. <laughs> Because cops are so used to driving, and no matter how slow they go, everybody will pile up behind them. It's, it's like the jam car. car. Pace yeah. car. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, I think they respect it when you drive by them. 
Give him a little, give him a what's up. Give him a well, thumbs just, up. Just Sometimes. so you know, yeah, just not, so you know, so that's the car that was pulled over. Yeah, the one that passed. Because him. what was interesting was that cop got right on someone's tail in the left lane. And I think he was saying, get out of the left lane, you dude. Don't drive in the, oh. And he finally did. But then he Can got someone. Can I give someone, a shout out to that trooper oh, if he actually did that? I got to tell you, we all oh. were like, yeah. Get out of the left yep. lane, you campers. So I, I, uh, I like, I have an Apple phone. And I have an iPad. So I have an iPhone and an iPad. But I've never gotten the Apple Watch. Have you guys ever thought about getting the watch? I have after reading this um, article. So I have a friend who is the farthest from a techie guy I've ever met. And he had his Apple Watch. And I go, what? Why do you have an Apple Watch? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm going to assure you, this is not his forte. Yeah. And he said, well, I had a stroke years ago. And the Apple Watch can monitor your health and he said so I, he goes i don't wear it to talk on the phone or anything like this but you know it does that and i'm like wow that's amazing the watch can do that you know it it, it can keep track of your 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 pulse rate and uh, blood pressure it does all kinds of things wow. right it can also figure out if you've been in a crash or if you've fallen and you can't get up it's really a why did it take so long to come up with this right so, yeah, it's a crash detection feature. Could be out as soon as next year. And here's the thing. So it, it measures actually for a spike in gravity force. Yeah, so like if G, you fall G-force. over, yeah, something happens. But how about if, you know, you're abducted by force? Or you fall or down. Or someone beats you. But I'm thinking is even it, more is for like crime. For the, is this it, is even, could be, this could be so much broader. What was that thing called? I fell in and I can't Life get alert. Up. The life oh. alert. It's the, it's the digital brand new version of the life alert. It is. Because, but here's the difference. Well, probably maybe it's the same with life alert. You used to have to press a button. You wear like something around yeah. your neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, you had, very you had to un, something very uncool around your neck. Yeah, no. Here's an Apple Watch. If you don't, if it says, hello, have you fallen? The Apple Watch, oh. because. If you don't do anything within like a minute, it sends help. Automatically you calls 911 for you. If you haven't fallen, but you were just kidding around, then you just hit the alert off. Yeah. I'm if saying. you don't do that. And that's what I was thinking for like in terms of even worse things that could happen to you, that it could be helpful. Wow. If, wow. yeah, someone grabs you and takes you and throws you into a the back of a car, maybe then it goes off and now they, they know something's up and they can track you. Yeah. He, he, can we acknowledge, though, on some level, for all the people that are worried about the government tracking them? <laughs> I, it's like, put a chip in me. I, yeah, this is, help me, I'll take the chip. This might be more than the chip oh, carries. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the things that your Apple Watch can pay attention to, alert people to. Well, they have that in cars. You know, OnStar, GM yeah. has that, where if you're involved in a crash, it'll call you, it'll talk to you, this, that, and the other. But this one, again, it'll happen without your input. You have it set up. It's not automatic. You have it set up, and you fall down, you're in a car accident, something. And it notices a big change, you know, G-force hit, mm-hmm. and you don't say, Siri, I'm okay. It's okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Siri, don't call. Yeah, it will I'm drunk. Auto- it'll, it'll not only don't call. call the police. <laughs> it'll, it'll dial 911, but it'll, it'll tell them where you are. Yeah. I, I see this as, like, the perfect Christmas present for the elderly and the young. Like, I see parents rushing out. Well, the guy that the kid that's lost kids. now, that you mm. buy graduate that's you know, lost. In okay, but oh, listen, if you kidnap somebody, you're going to take their bleeping watch off of them. I would sincerely hope, well, especially if they have an Apple off. Oh, <laughs> we shouldn't have told them? No. Yeah. Okay. That chip's looking better and better. Well, but your phone does that now. Your phone can track this and, yeah. you know, your, your, your yeah, phone you knows to, that. Yeah, but you have to, like, take action. In this... 
Automatic. It, automatic, if you know. But yeah, who knows how many false alarms there would be. But I, you know, for older people who who have an issue with falling, this could be life-saving. Hey, Rich, in Chicago, you had your listening ears on. They're the only types of ears you have, I'm going to assume. And you heard DJ Cheese scramble some songs up for us. Rich, what did you hear? Uh, November Rain and All I Want for Christmas. You're right. It pains me to say it, but you are correct. Uh, it, the all I want for Christmas part is the one that uh, has my ears bleeding a little bit. Congratulations, Rich. You're a winner. You got yourself uh, a pair of tickets to go check out the new movie Belfast. It's going to happen next Tuesday night right here in the city. All right. Nice. All right. You hang on, Rich. Congratulations to you. And, hey, we've got a, a check of the headlines coming up, by the way. We're going to get on top of all that. Make sure that you're up to speed. I know there's a lot of traffic issues out there right now. There's a lot of... And, and it's it's one of those days when there's traffic issues, and we can't exactly point to one thing. You know what I'm saying? It's right. not like a manure spreader jackknifed on the Kennedy. No. that's It's just sucks today <laughs> so we just want to acknowledge that we send our prayers okay thoughts and prayers <laughs> to you sitting in traffic talk about it they are still looking for him he facetimed a friend saying he was on his way home never ended up there Ugh. people are still looking for him maybe if you had a apple watch they might be able to find him here we go judy well you might be able to find uh, heather mack in oak park if you remember she's the young woman who served time in a bali prison for helping kill her mother and oh. stuff her into a suitcase mm. She was released after seven years. Yeah. All right. Um, so one of the there have been a variety of court challenges to vaccine mandates and, and whatnot. We had one yesterday uh, where we were waiting on a judge to rule, at least here in the city of Chicago. And that's exactly what Judge Raymond Mitchell, Mitchell did. And I looked at this and thought, I think both sides can declare victory. Honestly, one side being the FOP, uh, being the the police officers union, and the other one being the city of Chicago. Because this judge it looks to me like they tried to walk a pretty fine line down the middle and might have achieved it. Well, yeah. So the judge said that um, this the city can't enforce this deadline, uh, December 31st, the end of the year, for officers to get the vaccine without first arbitrating it with the police union. However, the city's vaccine policy, which is tell us if you're vaccinated or not, yes or no, put your status in, it can remain in place. And that means if the city chooses, it can put you on unpaid leave, I guess, or just, you know, you don't get paid. You, you, you leave your job and you're done. But, Just for but, not but both sides, I think, But both sides, I think, could say, well, we got something out of this, right? Uh, John Catanzara, the president of the FOP, out, should I say outspoken every time we mention, <laughs> you mention him? You don't need to. It's, uh, it's clear. We've uh, invited him on the show multiple times. He's declined. But here's what he had to say. Right. It was not never exactly. about, it was not about say- the vaccine <laughs> or public safety or anything else, but it was about... I, 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 that wasn't what, that's not the same tune he was singing just a couple of weeks ago. But I think, hey, Canton Zero might be a lot of things, but give him credit for this. He figured out what the winning argument was. Uh, It it just took him a while to get around to that, where it sounds reasonable. We're just talking about, that's all it's been about collective bargaining. Forget the Nazi stuff. (laughs) Remember that? I I, I didn't mean that. No, that, no, 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 no. I didn't mean all that. I just meant, you know, the, it's about collective bargaining. As a union boss, it's my job to do that. Mayor Lightfoot, though, uh, came back, guns a blazing. I would only use that as an example. 
Mayor Lightfoot, of unnecessarily making it personal, unnecessarily making it difficult, because the judge ruled they're going to have to negotiate. And here she is crap-talking him immediately after a judge ruled. And again, I look at it objectively and say, I think the judge gave both sides something. He said, yes, the vaccine mandate, yes, you can still send people home. But this whole December 31st thing, that needs to be negotiated. So so let's find something in the middle. He basically said, you guys need to get in a room and, and work it out. And the first thing Lightfoot does is is, is say, can't Zara's over eight in court. <laughs> I mean, you're not helping. Lori, you're not helping. Let's be honest. Well, you knew one of them was going to say something. I mean, that's what they do. It, usually it's Kent and Sarah. I keep coming back to, I think the win for her is taking the high road. As mayor, yeah. as mayor, I expect her to put public safety for the city of Chicago and its citizens above whatever personal beef she's got with him. Because somebody's going to have to negotiate something moving forward. The judge has literally ordered this. Believe me, the two of them aren't getting in a room and saying okay, one word. Yeah, it's not going to be two of them. They have their people who will do that. There's and people. you know, I think the mayor, you know, she's on more solid footing. So maybe that's why she's shooting her mouth off at first. Because usually, you know, and I don't get me wrong, he has said enough things about her. No doubt. This is this is a reaction but to it's, what it's like. Kent and Zara. It's childish, yeah. though. It's it's childish mm-hmm. to, to continue to get down in the weeds like that. Um, other cities are paying attention. I saw some interesting numbers out of New York. Stop me if you heard this before. In New York, the police officers, their union said 10,000 cops would walk off the job because of the vaccine mandate that went in. 10,000. Yeah. Push came to shove. Yesterday was the day. 34 got sent home. 34 total, not 100, not 1,000, not tens of thousands, 34. We have seen this over and over again, that the claim that thousands or tens of thousands of employees, whether it's a private business like an airline or a city, fire department, police department, are going to quit their jobs. They're going to forfeit their 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 retirement, their pension, what their years of service, and are going to walk away over this. They can shake their fist and say, rah, 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 rah. but when, when they're asked to put their name on the line, hand in your stuff and get out of here, yeah, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. It is interesting, because we only had what, here in, in Chicago, we still only have, 20 something is that right they got sent home yeah 21 right so far that we know about 34 in new york so here's something follow me on this in this in the city of chicago you got 21 officers 35 now just as 35 Mm -hmm. 35 officers this morning sitting at home not getting paid okay those 35 are like so where the hell are the rest of you guys? I thought we were we all at the meeting. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought there were going to be thousands of us. We were all going to do this together and lock arms. And we're, you know, I mean, they got to be looking around the room, going, "You yeah. seriously? Do you think they have a few choice words for their FOP president?" Right, because originally you heard it was going to be thousands of officers. It, it could be up to thirty percent of the police force. Remember those numbers? At first, it was half. Half. half okay, of the thank police you. Force went from half to thirty percent to thirty-five people. Maybe you just got the percentages and the numbers mixed up.
35 police officers. So 73% of the department has complied with the reporting mandate. So do the math, and you still have a fairly large number there. More than a quarter, a little over a quarter left that haven't complied. But what we saw, Nick, is when they were, I use the term, called into the principal's office Mm -hmm. and told, all right, time is upon us. (laughs) Badge and gun on the desk or click yes or no. That ninety something percent of them went. All right, I'll I'll right. I'll click. And yes so or they're no. still doing that, right? There's like yeah. something like three thousand officers saying right. who haven't done it. As they're being called in, a certain percent of them are saying, "Okay, here's my." And by but the way, remember, the it's that, not here's my arm. It's here's my status. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes or, no. or no? Yes That's or no? That's where, where we're we just are. being asked. We're yes not at no. that point yet with yeah that you have to get vaccinated. So, but if you're one of those, if you're one of the thirty something, aren't you a little <laughs> cheesed off? Pardon the pun. Yeah. And like, dudes, I thought we were all going to, because if there was thousands, well, guess what? We got some pressure, right? Don't worry. This is all going to work itself out. If it's 35 of us, I don't (laughs) think the city of Chicago is going to care that much. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I said this before. I have several uh, friends who are Chicago police officers, and I had asked them, you know, off the record, and they said, yeah, no, this isn't going to be an issue. Yeah. Who they talk to, yeah, it's... People aren't going to lose their job over it. They want to be police officers. You know, they're good people, and they're, they're, that's they're, the way it goes. There will be some negotiations. Yeah. We'll see what comes out of those. Uh, you got to have something. I mean, if you want to be with me. Uh, good morning. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. And if you have been in and around stores recently, my guess is you do see uh, shortages of something. I, I have been told that we are... Um, shortages due to something called a supply chain. Don't ask me to explain all this. I don't understand how it works. None of that mattered until I couldn't find something I wanted in a store. That's when it it became personal. For me, coffee creamer. I like a specific coffee creamer. Because I'm not a psycho and I don't drink it black, okay? Who does? And I can't find my coffee creamer. I don't know what I'm going to do. So what can't you find, right? 312-591-8900. 312-591-8900. I don't know if I can go to Black Coffee, by the way. I'm not really, really take that step. Maybe they're just out, did you ask? They're out all the time. They've been out for, I, I go in the store almost every day. I go walk by, oh, coffee creamer still. Dang. Yeah. Wow, I haven't really seen any shortages. Although I will say I've been trying to find ground mustard. It's a spice. And um, everywhere <laughs> okay. I go, it's it's out. But again, why, why, is there a run on ground mustard? No, like, is that, is that a popular item around the holidays? We know there oh, are right. shipping. It is actually. Okay, we know there are shipping delays. So maybe the, they had the ground mustard and, you know, people buy it here and there. And now they're out and they just haven't. I'm hoping they just haven't restocked it. I'm hoping it's yeah, not just call Christopher Columbus. That was the whole point of that trip to begin. Christopher mustard was well, spices, well, spices of the Oregon. Oregon. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what, you know, another check mark next to his name. And you just buy some mustard and grind it, grind it yourself? Yeah, isn't it just mustard seed? Yeah, okay, I think I'll be able to find mustard seed much easier. Thank you for that tip. <laughs> the burpee catalog is coming out soon. Mortal and pestle. Exactly. Ah, nice. Which, by the way, I used to gr- have. Grind the yeah, things up. One time in my life. Uh, there's an entire website of people who are taking pictures of empty shelves uh, of what they can't find. Hmm. Pasta sauce. Apparently there was a run on pasta sauce and canned or jarred. Spaghetti sauce? Yeah. On clearance at Menards. See? See you know what? Go. You better stop mentioning Menards. There's going to be a run on Menards because I'm going there this afternoon. <laughs> See if there they is, have any ground mustard. 
there is a turkey shortage. Ooh. Oh no! Yeah, well, there is a turkey that's shortage. They say a big deal, specifically those in the sixteen pound range, mm. if you will, and that people are buying them early. How long does a turkey last? It's frozen. Six seems months, like a lot of time. Yeah, oh, I, I honestly it lasts wouldn't forever. know. Not forever. Forever. Right? Okay. For, forever until Thanksgiving. But you can buy one now, and Absolutely. apparently that's what people but are doing. They're saying to, there's there's been a bit of a run for it. That's always the oh good oh, point. Right? Where are you going to put that damn thing? Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, it's cold enough outside. Leave it on the porch. Is it though? But apparently, a lot of dairy products kind of fall into this. We've heard about the egg shortage, but also somebody. I love this one. I see a picture. No cream cheese. All right. That all will, the cream cheese is that gone. will make me cry. Hmm. No cream cheese. Even more so than dry mustard, I need cream cheese for everything. Well, as we head into Thanksgiving, there's this time of year when people eat things that they would never eat yeah. any other time. And because of this, suddenly everybody goes to the store and buys ground cream mustard, cheese, mustard, cream cheese, mustard, turkey, cranberries, stuffing. turkeys. Ooh, it, yeah. it, and mm-hmm. there is, you're, you might have to make some substitutions, which isn't the worst thing I've ever heard because I'd like to have a White Castle Thanksgiving anyway. So well, I, I think I'd be happy. funny you say that because I've, this year for some reason I've been hearing many more people than normal say, I, I don't like turkey anyway. I don't. Like, re, you're kidding. I don't like, like in turkey. my family, because I make turkey every year. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't eat, I don't eat turkey the other 11 months and 30 days out of the year. And so I'm not going to eat it on Thanksgiving I, either. I make turkey throughout the year. Do you really? Yeah, I don't. Why not? It's a great dinner. Yeah, I don't hmm. eat turkey. Yeah, I'm not. Well, great dinner for like a week. Yeah, exactly, Nick. You uh, bet it does. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to make it and I'm going to keep on giving it to you guys. Uh, <laughs> The boss can't buddy. find can't find Perrier. She that, can't find. That, she says the kids children drink. The kids like sparkle water, and they're already <laughs> they're already addicted to Perrier. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No Some club soda for them. There. Exactly. We got to have it early. But boy, she says boy, she went boy. had to go to three different targets and can't find Perrier. Oh no. Right. I think there's I, a lot of them. It's funny the Target, and I I I don't shop at Target for my food, but I guess many people do, huh? I generally go to the grocery store. I think grocery. in the city. When yeah. you're in the city here. In the city? Here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not they every Target has a grocery store, but some some are like, target, some Targets are like half grocery store, half yeah. clothing. And yeah, no, I think they're all, they all have it. I just don't, unless I am, am in desperate need, I don't normally shop at the Target for my groceries. I think that, again, it's only a shortage if you're looking for it. And it's only serious mm-hmm. if it's something you need to live. For example... Travis in Wheaton. First off, good morning, Travis. Morning. Travis, we're all going to say a prayer for you because you have one of the basic staples of life that you're having trouble finding. What is it you can't find? MGD 12-pack bottles. <laughs> we can't all get the 12 county, All what? of Kane County pretty much does not have MGD. Out of the Miller! What are we going to do? Uh, there needs to be an airlift or something into the county, for God's sake. But that was, we predicted that. It's something either about the bottles or the labels, but maybe the it bottles wasn't the beer, and the It was the beer, it was yeah. what you put it in they were running yeah. out of. But I hate to tell you guys, and I hate I uh, hate it myself, it, the liquor department at some places I've been, it's not bare, but it's not stocked. I have a suggestion for Travis. Okay. Okay, real quick suggestion. Smokey and the Bandit. All I'm saying is, ah, all I'm saying, Travis, is we get ourselves a semi truck and we get ourselves a Firebird and we go to wherever they got the MGD, right? 
I'll drive the truck. I'll drive the car. <laughs> Boom. We, so look at Travis and I. We can just figure yeah. things out. We, we, uh, th that's what you might have to do. He All right. Found it down. Yep. Load it up and trucking. There we go. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Thanks, Travis. You have a great day and good luck. Uh, you know what? I'm just happy it's not toilet paper. Okay, I'm. I'm so. You done say with that. that. You're saying uh, that. You say that. I've not heard that. Get in, foodie, with Bruce and Judy. Yes. Gosh. Oh, look at that. Hey, joining us right now uh, from Boomi Indian Food is Ajit and. Suku Kalra. How did I do? That was a lot of words in there that I struggled with. You did fantastic. Yes. <laughs> well, I want to start off with, first off, it's great to have you with us. I want to start off with a question first. What is D Diwali? Diwali is the festival of life celebrated by um, most people in India. It is a week-long, a month-long festival there's a lot of eating. There's a lot of prayer ceremonies. There's a lot of fireworks. Um, and there's just a, a lot of, you know, community getting together and having a great time. So it's a big holiday for the Indian community. Absolutely. It is. Okay. It's the third most celebrated holiday in the oh. world. Oh, I nice. did not know that. And I, I truly love the eating part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do we eat special yeah. food during this time or... You know your your standard fare that you would normally have. Yes, a special food. Uh, you know, families prepare uh, dishes that are like extravagant, like lavish for hours. You know, um, of course, in in the olden days, like you know, the the mothers would be like you know slaving off on the stovetop. Uh, you know, preparing these dishes that are only prepared or made for the year. You know, the beginning of the year. Diwali is also you know considered. Uh, the new year, starting okay. of the new year for the Hindus. So, you know, it's, it's, it, everybody just goes all out in every which way, you know, during Diwali. Yes. As well, they should. So tell us a little about your restaurant. And, and, and for the uninitiated, talk to me like I'm an idiot, please. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, about Indian food and about what I can expect. Oh, sure thing, Bruce. Um, so the concept of Bhumi is all about having a phenomenal experience with grilled meats. Okay. And Indian food in the U.S. is often recognized as a lot of vegetarian food and yeah. a lot of vegetarian options. And while those are phenomenal, and yes, I will say that Indian food probably presents the best vegetarian options of any cuisine in the world, sure, because of all of the beautiful spices and all of the options available – but the meats are where it's at in my book. <laughs> here, here. I'm a carnivore. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a hardcore carnivore. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what we did was we're like, all right, we're going to do a concept that truly showcases grilled Indian meats with all of that incredible spice and flavor, but without that heat that singes your tongue. I'm a little bit of a wuss as well, in addition to being a carnivore, so I can't handle that heat myself. I'm going to tell you, it's like, right. it's like we're separated at birth yeah. here, for goodness sakes. You've described me to a T. Keep going. Oh, my God. A1 steak sauce makes my eyes water. I'm with you. Okay. I, I made this restaurant for you, man. Yes, I can't believe you're speaking to me. <laughs> no, no, it's fantastic. So so we so we did some cool things. We, we brought out, like, a bunch of great meats. Obviously, you know, the more approachable stuff like chicken 
and we did salmon, but then we also did steak, we did lamb, you know, uh, our burgers are, are like our number one sellers and everybody talks about them, they kind of celebrate them on reviews and social media oh. and it's 100% lamb burger. It's like this juiced up, beefed up, it's a third of a pound patty, this is a big ginormous lamb burgers that we actually brought for you today. We're just literally parked outside your <laughs> studio right now. <laughs> Damn traffic. Okay. Well, you, we, we, we'll enjoy them in moments. Concern yourself not. <laughs> now, if with Indian food, I, it's like I, I know curry, and that's it. I mean, oh, what, okay. you know, what other kind of spices are you talking about? Yeah, absolutely. We, we are not doing curries. And that's, oh, yay! Again, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we wanted to do something new using all the traditional techniques, you know, using uh, the spices and the flavors that are so authentic to Indian food, yet not do a curry dish because that's, that's what is so commonly known about Indian food and we wanted to change that perception because that's not what is eaten all the time in India. You know, greasy, um, artery-clogging clo- uh, artery curries. That's not what is done on a daily basis. Got it. And that's what we wanted to, you know, bring about, represent uh, of Indian food. Yeah, so, I mean, the spices are kind of uncomplicated. Like, you have your cumin. Sure. You know, we love using ginger, garlic root. We love using, um, you know, just basic things like... Um, uh, garam masala, which is available in every store in the country, really walk in. So it's stuff that, honestly, you can make yourself. The traditional techniques that Suku was referring to are our marinations. Anytime you're going to put uh, any of the bhumi kebabs on your plate, they have spent at least 48 hours marinating beautifully. Mm. Yeah. Can, so I, can I ask you, us. do you use dry mustard? <laughs> Uh, you know what? We do. Yes. All right. And I was going to say, you had that thing a bit about yes. Target. We were experimenting with our lamb burger. We used to drive up to Vernon Hills in Target because they had this incredible fresh New Zealand and Australian lamb. Wow. In a Target. In a Target. Wow. Okay. I, I got to go more. There's a whole world out there. Again, we're talking to Ajit and Suku Karla of Boomi restaurant uh and we know that uh indian food obviously extremely popular but you guys have really put your own flair on it can i tell you what i also think about when you talk to me about indian food when we talk about that color comes to my mind bright vivid colors i i equate that with with the the way the food looks with the way it's prepared am i on am i on track with that you you absolutely are it's it's also indicative of you know how, if you think about uh, Indian clothing, so yes. vibrant and colorful, it's just an ethos of the whole country where the color was just like a gift from nature, right? All the beautiful spices. When you see these pictures of turmeric and red chilies and paprika, those are legit colors that nature is giving you. So, so that's why the, the, the food is so mm. vibrant. If you go to our website, eatbhoomi, B-H-O-O-M-I.com, you actually see... Uh, a scroll of all of our pictures and you can see like how much color we incorporate into our grilled food which is you're like wait but isn't grilled food supposed to be yummy and seared and brown yes but you can do stuff right alongside it that gives it all that moisture and freshness we chop up fresh mint and throw it into the lamb we chop up fresh cilantro put it into the beef and steak it is magnificent it looks gorgeous 
there are these greens and yellows and reds that complement that beautiful charred meat that you see. So it's it's great stuff. The color can really do wonders. So that was an amazing observation. Well, you are awesome spokespeople, not just for Indian food, but for Boomi Restaurant. Again, you can find more at eatboomi.com. Thank you both so very much. I guess we're going to see you in a little bit, uh, <laughs> Grand Tree, since you're in the parking lot. But uh, uh, goodbye for now and hello very shortly. How's that? Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you, guys. Outstanding. That's Ajit and Suku Kalra with Boomi Restaurant. And uh, w- wow, what a, what a great way to do that. Yeah. Getting foodie with Bruce and Judy. I learned a lot. I uh, the whole meat thing is new to me. I just yeah. was assuming it was, was vegetarian. I think a lot of people do make that assumption. He's right? a carnivore. Who doesn't love a... Is that Suku or Ajit? That's Ajit, and I think we—it's okay. Ajit, and I think we're separated at birth. Yeah, right. Sounds like sure. it. when he walks in, we're going to be like hardcore oh my God. carnivores. <laughs> don't like things too spicy. <laughs> Boom. Hey, good morning. Thanks for spending some time with us today. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese, and um, you'd have to be living in a hell of a cave somewhere far, far from here, to not understand and acknowledge that violence and gun violence in Chicago and the area is an issue. Um, I think a lot of folks can agree. That's about where it stops. How to fix it, how to address it, what to do with it. You know, for every person, you have a different opinion. You have a different strategy. And I count me as one who is getting a little tired of proclamations and grandiose visions. Because as much as I will credit Governor Pritzker for realizing we have a problem, I don't know if this fixes it. Why weren't you doing it before? <laughs> so what does that the mean? The problem is they have been doing it. Right. It's just not been working. It doesn't work. Mm. And I you've think that you've got to do something else. So we've had that. It's interesting you say that because we've talked to some different community leaders, some, some more of the people that are working, you know, literally on the street. And that's one of their criticisms. There are lots of programs out there that are supposed to curb violence, are supposed to curb gun violence, all this and the other. Obviously, they're not working. But once you start a program, you can't ever get rid of it. You know, the fact that it's unsuccessful in its goal doesn't seem to deter anybody. And I agree. You need to do some things radically different in the city of Chicago. And I just don't know if we're at that point. I mean, I heard some community activists saying that they've been, you know, they're the... Because this is all about money, right? It's $250 million you're going to dole out for programs. Now, I'm not saying that's not good. Okay. Anything that ha- that helps. But some of these program, um, the people involved with the programs were like, we've been doing this for 30 years. We know what needs to be done. But do you? 30 years? If you've what? been working for 30 years on it and, and you're doing the same thing right. you're doing 30 years ago, I, I'd I, argue. I feel like yeah. we need a completely fresh approach to this problem. Because nothing is working. I think one of the challenges you run into when you say we need a fresh approach is some people's idea of a fresh approach is way, I would argue, pretty way out there. I'll give you an example. Um, Kathleen Crawford, she's an attorney, okay, and works with many of these young men who have gun charges. They are caught with guns on their persons, illegal guns on their persons. And here's what she says. So it's like an arms race. I remember that, U.S. and Russia with the missiles. 
well, we got to have missiles. Why? Because they have missiles. Yeah. Well, they have 100 of them. We obviously need 110. Well, they've got 110 now. Make 200. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. this 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 thing that keeps perpetuating itself because people in those neighborhoods who may not be involved in criminal activity are still worried about violence. And what are they supposed to do? Not leave the house? Heck, that doesn't even work. You hear about bullets going through living room windows. You know what I'm saying? So how do you protect yourself? How come you can't live in in peace? How do you stop the what apparently everybody knows the bad guys in the neighborhood, right? And I mean, I think everyone agrees at this point it has to start in those communities. Yeah, if you can come in from elsewhere and tell everyone what to do or where to go or you know how to live, starts there. And that's like you know we talk to Corey Reverend Corey Brooks all the time, and he's a perfect example. He's in the neighborhood. He's starting that. That's ground zero. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a lot of these programs do do that. You come in and you maybe fix it, you bandage it. But this is the worst, you know, having lived here my whole life. And it's not even that the numbers are worse. I think we've even had more murders on some years. Yeah. But everything combined, this is the worst I've ever seen. It does feel. People are like done. Yeah. And, you know, and that's bad for the city. For everyone. For everyone. Everyone, everything. It's it's just, this is the worst I've ever seen. Certainly might be one of the reasons why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she can do it for you right now. Yeah, I need to restore my faith in humanity right now. So, Okay, lifeboat volunteers in the U.K. rushed from their crew members' wedding to rescue six people. They took just seven minutes to get from the venue to the boat. But they had to do it right. Now, those lifesavers were lined up the aisle, creating an arch for the newlyweds, when suddenly all their pagers started going off. They raced to rescue a group stranded on a small beach. One of the Royal National Lifeboatmen says he hopes the pagers didn't disrupt the couple's special day too much, although he's sure it's something they're both used to hearing. He says it's not the first time the pagers have gone off at a crew wedding. He says he's sure it won't be the last. So they rescued three adults and three children who had gotten stranded on a paddle boarding trip. Later in the afternoon, that lifeboat crew drove past the seaside wedding venue again. While on a training exercise, they all stood up and waved to the newlyweds. It was a day that worked out for everyone. Here, here. That is restoring. All right. I feel much better. Yeah. I can breathe again. I want to be on one of those lifeboats. Those are like fun. And at the wedding, the, uh, the arch they formed, they were in their uniforms. In their uniforms? Yeah, 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 it looked really cool. High-vis stuff. Yeah. Hey, thank you for restoring faith in humanity. Also, thanks a lot to uh, MG and the entire posse over there in Mission Control. They hit all the buttons and they make things happen. Also, our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese has been working the ones and twos all morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And Nick Gale, who is sticking around. Uh, Nick's got the latest news, the traffic, the weather, the information... The traffic, more of <laughs> traffic, the traffic. traffic oh, my God. It's not a good morning, is it? No. Well. A lot of folks out there feeling the heat, so to speak. Nick's going to help you out. It's coming up next on 890 WLS.